Welcome to the Life Church of Kansas City podcast. Please consider following, sharing, and supporting by giving at tlckcmo.com. May you be blessed by the word of God. And I want to read from Acts chapter 6. And I can assure you that I may be weak in voice and somewhat in body, but I am strong in the Lord. Acts chapter 6. In fact, I want to just do a little thing uh, to just in preparation for the message today. I want you to think about your favorite verse in the Bible. And I want you to quote it in just a minute, all together, in concert. I know some of you are thinking, oh, my favorite verse is John eleven thirty five. Jesus wept. <laughs> it's the only verse we got memorized. I mean, think about it. Is it Psalm, some, something in Psalm 23? I would say probably half of you will break out. The first gospel message, Acts chapter 2, verse 38. So on the count of three... I, want, I, want, I just want to put some word. I want to put some of the word of God in the atmosphere. Okay? Are you with me? Are you ready? Smile at me if you got your verse. I see Barb back there smiling. She's got her verse. All right, here we go. One, two, three. <clears throat> well, that was pretty weak. All right. I tell you what, whenever I go to a restaurant and I look at a menu, I quote my favorite verse. The Lord is my shepherd. I see what I want. (laughs) I feel good today. Now, I laid my head down at 5 o'clock this morning. So I'm running on batteries. But... Brother Gary Bryles Jr. already told me this morning, he said, Pastor, that means the filter's going to be real thin today. (laughs) Amen. Acts 6, 1 to 7. Let's put that first verse up there. And I'm going to read the odd verses. And I want you to read in concert out loud the even verses. Everybody stay together, okay? This is Acts chapter 6, verse 1. I'll start. Now in those days... When the number of disciples was multiplying, there arose a complaint against the Hebrews by the Hellenists because their widows were neglected in the daily distribution. Ready? Go. Then the twelve. Excellent. Therefore, brethren, seek out from among you seven men of good reputation full of the Holy Spirit and wisdom, whom we may appoint over this business. But we... And the saying pleased the whole multitude. That's the only time that's ever happened in the history of the church. And the saying pleased the whole multitude, and they chose Stephen a man full of faith and of the Holy Spirit and Philip and Procris and Nicanor and Timon and Parmenas and Nicholas, a proselyte from Antioch, go, whom they set. And let's all read verse seven out loud together. Ready? Then. Everybody said amen. Amen. Doesn't that feel good to read the Bible together? I want to draw from verse 7. The word of God spread. The King James says increased. And the number of disciples multiplied greatly in Jerusalem. And a great company of priests were obedient to the faith. What this means is that the revelation of the mighty God in Christ was breaking in and the word was increasing 
and people responded and great things happened. The title of my message today, I trust for your edification, is simply this, the word of God increased. Would you say that with me? The word, and you may be seated in the presence of the Lord. Has anyone noticed that the cost of groceries is increasing? Is anybody fasting more now? Has anyone noticed that the cost of gasoline is increasing? Every time I fill up my tank, I, I say, thanks a lot, Joe. Has anyone noticed that inflation and interest rates are increasing? Our anxieties over the Russian invasion of Ukraine increasing? Yes. Is excitement about KU basketball increasing? There was a lot of KU fans on the plane this morning. The question that I've come to ask you today, is the word of God increasing? Is the word of God increasing? What is meant by this phrase, and the word of God increased? Would you say that with me? And the word of God increased. Everybody say it again. And the word of God increased. As I have been reading the book of Acts in conjunction with our theme this year, which is building a New Testament church. If it's in the book of Acts, we can have it. If it's in the book of Acts, we better have it. Because the book of Acts is the only book of church history. It's where we read the narrative of where the church was born. And if we want to find out how to be saved by the grace of God, we have to go to the book of Acts. Because that's the only book that records actual conversions, actual salvation. And, and so when we read the book of Acts, this phrase, and the word of God increased, is key to the success, if we could say, or the spread of the gospel of Jesus Christ. So what is embodied in that phrase, and the word of God increased? What is Luke trying to tell us? Is he saying that they were purchasing bigger Bibles? When I, when I think of that, I got to think about, uh, well, they're here today. I was teaching a Bible study to a family many years ago. And in those days, I had a Dakes study Bible. And it's big. It's a big Bible. It's got a commentary inside it. And when I'd come to their house on, on Thursday nights, I'd have this big Bible. And I did this for week after week after week after week. And uh, one one Thursday night, I was rushing around. I grabbed my chart, and I couldn't find my Dake's Bible, but I knew I had a small New Testament in the glove box. And so I just raced to the house, and I pulled that New Testament out. It was about this big, about that thick. And I grabbed it, and I had my chart, and I walked in, and I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to expose who I'm talking about. It's David, David right here. He didn't know anything about the Bible. Didn't, they didn't know anything about much about the kingdom of God and their story is a great story and so uh, uh, when I walked in I didn't think anything about it I got my Bible but I noticed David looked at my Bible he went he looked so disappointed he said pastor where's your big Bible I said, oh, I forgot it. He said, well, is the small Bible as powerful as the big Bible? <laughs> don't you love it? You probably don't even remember that, but I'll never forget it. 
Is that what Luke is saying? They all went out and bought family Bibles. <laughs> carried them around. The word of God was increasing. Does it mean that Peter had his sound technician turn up the microphone louder when he was preaching? Does the word of God increasing mean that they were passing out, you know, little pocket New Testaments on the street corner? Does it mean that they were expanding their Bible reading program? Does it mean that <clears throat> they purchased more Bibles and spread them out on their bookshelves? You know, when I was thinking about this, I, I was in my office and I counted how many Bibles I have in my office. I was surprised. 28. I'm very spiritual. The more Bibles you have, the holier you are. You know, you don't ever have to read them. Just buy them and stack them up. And you'll impress a lot of people. Does it mean they, you know, just were walking around <clears throat> with Bibles under their arms? No. Listen to what other translations say. The word of God kept on growing. The word of God kept on spreading. The word of God gained more ground. The word of God was reaching more and more people. The word of God was flourishing. I'm, I'm quoting all the translations. The word of God was preached in ever widening circles. The word of God prospered. The word of God advanced. And I, I like this translation said, the word of God waxed. That's an old English expression that means it, it was just growing. It was expanding. It was becoming greater. So Luke is trying to tell us something. There was a phenomenon that was taking place when the word of God was increasing. He's giving us the key. <clears throat> I apologize. My voice is so wrecked. Would you forget about how lousy it sounds and listen to what I'm saying? He's, Luke is giving us the basis for why the disciples were multiplying so rapidly. He's explaining to us and giving a basis for the exponential growth of the early church. It's because the word of God was increasing. And I will tell you that when the word of God increases in you, something is going to happen. Come on. God said, when my word goes out, it won't come back empty. When my word goes out, it won't come back without results. When my word goes out, it's going to affect change. And it's going to bring conviction. And it's going to bring faith. And faith is going to, amen, come by the word of God. Has anybody here today ever been impacted by the increase of the word of God? <clears throat> Praise God. Does this mean that they were, you know, having outreaches and friend days and crusades and Easter Sunday type giveaways? No, 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 no. It means they were spreading the word of God by speaking it. In fact, I should have asked Pastor Justin. He would have a, a better response than I would about this. But I would venture to say you couldn't go down to the bookstore in Jerusalem you know, 34 A.D. and buy a Bible. The community Bible, there was usually one, and it was in the synagogue. Is that right? So how was the word of God increasing? They didn't even have Bibles. They couldn't even walk into a house with, in fact, they didn't even have the New Testament. All they had was the Old Testament. Can I tell you something? You can get saved in the Old Testament. <laughs> the f there goes the filter, Brother Gary. 
You probably never heard that before. When the Ethiopian eunuch was in his chariot, all he had was Isaiah. All he had was the book of Isaiah. And, and Philip is sent by the Holy Spirit, Brother Les. And he runs and he jumps into the chariot. And he's riding along with him and he, and he preaches Jesus. I want to tell you something. The Bible is the book of redemption. And if you cut any page of the Bible from Genesis to the maps, it's going to bleed the red blood of Jesus Christ. Jesus Christ <clears throat> is not an afterthought. Jesus Christ is not God's plan B. He was the lamb slain from the foundation of the world. He was always in the mind... <clears throat> Jesus Christ was always, maybe if I start screaming, my voice will come back. <laughs> Jesus Christ was always in the mind of God. Hallelujah. He wasn't plan B. He wasn't an afterthought. Amen. When the fullness of time was come, Galatians 4, 4 says, God sent forth his son made of a woman made under the law to redeem them that were under the law. Jesus Christ is the story of the Bible and the Bible is God's story of redemption. And if you're here today and you are, you are here because the word of God wanted you to be here. You are here today because the word of God increased somewhere by somebody in you. Before I could even read, the word of God was increasing in me because my parents were telling me what the Bible says. And my Sunday school teachers were teaching me what the Bible said before I could read it for myself. When the word of God is increased. <clears throat> I should have had you preach today, Pastor. Everybody all right? <laughs> They'll talk about this for years. I remember when pastor's voice was lousy. So as I've been reading the book of Acts, through the lens of our theme, building a New Testament church, I see this phrase over and over again, and I just want to take a cursory look. Look at this. Acts 4.4, 4. however, many of those who heard the word believed. Uh, it's a pleasure and a privilege to hear the word. In fact, the Bible is written primarily to be heard. I was preaching Sunday in Edmond, Oklahoma and there was a state senator there very, very fine man and a committed Christian I don't want to get ahead of myself but I preached a message there that I preached here a few months ago called the Apostolic Continuum I just felt to do it and I illustrated beyond a shadow of a doubt that the gospel message that I preached that day is the same exact message that Peter preached on the day of Pentecost. And here is that message. Listen, I want you to hear the word. Peter said unto them, repent and be baptized. Every one of you, in the name of Jesus Christ, for the remission of sins, and you shall receive the gift of the Holy Ghost. You've just heard the word. You've just heard the word. You heard it. The Bible says faith comes by hearing, and hearing by the word of God. If I had never obeyed that word, I would want to activate that word in my life. That is the only gospel. But the good news is we don't need any other gospel because that gospel works. 
Come on. Come on. Somebody testify right now. That gospel saved me. That gospel picked me up and it turned me around. It brought me out of darkness. It brought me out of drugs. It got me out of addiction. You may be seated. That was a very fine man. That senator, I don't know if he'd ever heard that message before. And this is a negative example. But he didn't ask me anything about it after church. I know he's not obeyed that gospel yet. Even though he's a committed Christian. And I'm going to tell you that you can be a committed Christian all your life and never have obeyed the gospel of Jesus Christ. Don't take my word for it. Listen to what David Platt said. David Platt is the only non-denom preacher and prolific author I've ever heard say that millions of people have repeated the sinner's prayer thinking that they're saved. And he said they're gonna be condemned because there's more to salvation than repeating and polyparroting after what a preacher tells you to say. And there is no model for it in the Bible. There is no example for it. <clears throat> in the word of God, there is no other gospel than the gospel of Jesus Christ. I can't apologize for it. I don't know what God's gonna do with sincere people, but I have to be faithful to my revelation. I have to obey. I will be judged by God by what I understand from the word of God. So faith, they heard the word Everybody say they heard the word. And they believed. Acts 6, 7 is the text. The word of God spread. The number of disciples multiplied. Those two phrases go hand in hand. When you open your mouth and you tell your story in the biblical context and you share the gospel, I'm going to tell you what, this gospel works. Look at Acts 8, 14. When the apostles who were at Jerusalem heard that Samaria had received the word, they sent Peter and John to them, and they were filled with the Holy Spirit. I love Acts 10, 44. While Peter was still speaking these words, You have to read his message. He's preaching the word. The Holy Spirit fell on them who heard the word. I wish the Holy Spirit would fall on somebody today. Oh. The only only man who ever ran to the altar while I was preaching I've been preaching for 44 years. I've only had one person run to the altar in the middle of my sermon and he messed up a good sermon. I had three more really good points and he just ruined it. And I'd been teaching him and his wife a Bible study and He had been raised in an apostolic church and heard the gospel, but he never obeyed it. And he never obeyed it because it had been shoved down his throat. Now, I like a good steak, but I don't like anybody cramming it down my throat. I like it one savory bite at a time. And when he told me that, I said, oh, you're going to love me. I don't shove anything down anybody's throat. And so after five lessons... 
he asked me if he could be baptized in the name of Jesus Christ. And that next Sunday night at the old building, I was preaching. And he gets up in the middle. He had the audacity <laughs> to get up in the middle of my sermon and ran. He ran. And he stopped right here. And he put his hands up in the air. And the power of God visibly fell on him. That's Bible language. <clears throat> Listen, when you receive the Holy Spirit, you're going to know it. Well, I don't know when I got the Holy Ghost. I just sort of happened, you know. I just sort of slipped in and slipped out. And it came through osmosis and it was a little spooky. And I'm not sure. Oh, no, no. When you receive the Holy Ghost, the Bible uses words like it fell on them. Amen. The Holy Spirit fell on them, which means there was a before and an after picture. One moment it wasn't there, and the next moment it's there. And the Holy Spirit fell on him, and he began speaking <laughs> with other tongues. And that man is preaching that same gospel in Burkina Faso, Africa, today. <laughs> he heard the word. I want the word to increase in you today. I'm preaching the word that it will increase in you today. Everybody all right? <clears throat> Acts 12, 25. Herod died. <laughs> the word of God grew and multiplied. Listen, when you fight the word of God, you're going to become a postscript in history. I love that. Herod died, but the word increased. Ha! Look at Acts 13, 44, the next Sabbath. Almost the whole city came together to hear the word of God. Acts 18, 11, they continued there a year and six months teaching the word of God among them. And in Acts 19.10, in the space of two years, all Asia heard the word of God. So what's going on here? The apostles, let me explain what's happening. The apostles are preaching and teaching and equipping the saints. That's Acts 4.11. They're equipping the saints, the believers, the disciples. And the disciples are going out and talking to their friends and their family, and their connect groups, and their celebrate recovery groups, and they're giving the word, because I'm going to tell you, <clears throat> no life can be changed without the involvement of the word of God. Oh. Let me tell you something. I can't believe that this, this book is alive. It's a living, breathing, hopping, jumping sword. It's a sword. <laughs> the word of God, Hebrews 4.12, is quick and powerful and sharper than any two-edged sword. It pierces even, dividing asunder of soul and spirit. Have you ever had the word cut you? Have you ever had the word cut you till you bleed? Ah, oh, there's nothing. It hurts so good. There's nothing like being stabbed and impaled by the word of God. I gotta get that out of my life. I gotta get rid of this. I need to make this change. The word of God will touch you. It will change you. It will keep you. It will deliver you. The Roman says faith comes by hearing. Faith comes by hearing and hearing by the word of God. When you hear the word, and you claim whatever you are hearing as yours. It is yours. 
In fact, I'm just going to experiment. This is probably for me, first of all. I actually feel better, a lot better than I sound. Is there any sick among you? James said, let him call for the elders of the church. Anointing them with oil and the prayer of faith shall save the sick. And the Lord shall raise them up. Amen. Is there anybody that, you know, I haven't asked this for a long time because of the ridiculous COVID we've all been dealing with. Anybody here not feel well? Maybe you got a pain. Maybe, I don't know, you just don't feel good. You don't have to raise your hand. I'm going to preach the word of healing right now. I'm going to speak the word of healing. Praise God. If you need a miracle touch in your body, or if you're here representing somebody else, I want you to send the word to somebody that needs healing right now. Praise God. Are you ready? Are you ready? I'm quoting from Isaiah. Are you ready? I want you to close your eyes and lift your hands. I'm going to speak the word, and I'm going to ask you to activate it. Say, this word is for me. Here we go. He was wounded for our transgressions. He was bruised for our iniquities. The chastisement of our peace was upon him. And by his stripes, we are healed. Come on, activate that. By his stripes, we are healed. Come on, somebody say I'm healed. Somebody say my mother's healed. My wife is healed. My son is healed. Come on. This is the power of the active word of God. Hallelujah. (laughs) Come on, let's clap our hands and thank God. I'm not trying to be dramatic, but when I quoted and spoke that word, I felt something surge through my being. Did you feel it? Did anybody feel it today? That's the power. When the word increases, when the word increases, it has life-changing power. The word can take you from wherever you are today to a new place, to a new level. When you hear it, don't stay where you are. Keep reading, keep believing. The Bible says that Aquila and Priscilla heard a man named Apollos preaching the word. And the Bible says he was fervent in the scriptures. He was mighty in word and deed. He was a religious, godly man. But they had something more than he had. He had the ministry of John the Baptist. That's what the Bible says. John was no joke, but John was dead. And Aquila and Priscilla took Apollos aside And the Bible said, they expounded unto him the word of God more carefully or more perfectly. They gave him more revelation. They gave him more understanding. The word of God increased. Let me tell every one of you, you've got friends that are religious. You've got friends that are committed Christians, but perhaps they don't have what you have. Amen. And they need what you've got. They may not have the baptism of the Holy Ghost yet. They may not have been baptized in the name of Jesus yet. Quill and Priscilla didn't say, well, he's a good man. He's doing good enough. We'll just leave well enough alone. No, they waited 
until he got done. They took him aside and they said, have you heard about the Holy Ghost? Have you heard about baptism in Jesus' name? And I can prove to you that Apollos obeyed the gospel because in the Corinthian church, there were the saved and sanctified believers that were looking to him as their leader. And I'm not gonna get into how unfortunate the division of that church was, but I just want you to know that they took Apollos from point A to point B, and I'm preaching to somebody here today. I'm not taking anything away from your faith tradition. I'm not taking anything away from your religious background, but I've come to preach that there is more for you to obey and to receive. Is there an Apollos here today, receive the word of the Lord. <clears throat> Let's do that one more time. Clap your hands to the Lord. I'm so thankful for a gospel that works. My wife and I traveled to India in 1993 or four, right in there, maybe 92. She had never been out of the country and I'd been getting invitations to go to foreign fields to preach and she didn't feel comfortable releasing me to do that. In case you didn't know, my wife is a germaphobe. India is a beautiful country with beautiful people. A lot of spiritual activity and the remote areas. You just don't know what you're going to get into. And we've confronted all kinds of things there. But C.P. Thomas, our host, a native <clears throat> Indian, Man, we had flown, traveled 27 hours by plane. We drove five and a half hours by vehicle. And then he said, would you like to go preach to the jungle people? I'm like, well, yeah, that's why we came to India. So we drive an hour and a half about half of it on road, about half of it off road in a Jeep. We're literally, there's no, there's no road to this village. And when we're driving, the foliage in the jungle is like brushing up against us, past us as we're, we're we don't know where we're going. And we get back in this, have you ever opened a National Geographic and you've seen the mud brick huts with the grass thatched roofs? This is that. These people don't know how old they are. They're illiterate. Some of them don't have a tooth in their head. They don't know when their birthday is. And they had offered a human sacrifice a few months before that. And my friend, Brother Thomas, many of you have met him. He asked the king of that tribe, why did you take the life of that 14-year-old girl? The police knew what was going on, but they couldn't stop it. And they, they asked Brother Thomas, could you help us stop the human sacrifice in that village? And the tribal king, his name was Raman, Rajan, excuse me, Rajan. He looked at him and he said, we shed her blood for the remission of sins. You see, God has placed within us a knowledge that we're sinners and we need a savior. John 1, 9 says that Jesus Christ is the light that lighteth every man that cometh into the world. 
And you have the advantage knowing that when you're teaching or preaching the word to somebody, they know they need to be saved. They know, amen, Michelle and Aaron, that they got to come out of darkness. Your nation needs to be saved. They need to be delivered from ancient spirits and from alcohol and depression and darkness. And that's why God has sent you there. And, and I'm thinking, what do I tell this guy? It actually was a no-brainer. Tell him that there is no more sacrifice for sin. Hebrews 9.22, without the shedding of blood, there is no remission of sin. Tell him that Jesus Christ is the Lamb of God who takes away the sin of the world. My wife was standing there as I'm preaching by that altar where that little girl had been sacrificed. Tears start coming down his face. And the king repented of his sins when the word of God increased and he was baptized in the name of Jesus Christ. And when the king got baptized, the whole tribal colony got baptized. I'm telling you, this gospel will work on the educated and the uneducated. It'll work on the high and the low. It'll preach in New York City and it'll preach in a tribal village. Would you stand with me? The word of God increased. Would you say that with me? The word of God increased. Now I'm going to tell you, my friends, that the word of God will put an expectation on you. You can't just hear or read the word like you're watching a basketball game. Turn to somebody and say, that don't work. No. The word of God will put an expectation on you. Let me say it a little bit stronger. The word of God will put a demand. Ha! You know, the Bible says something really interesting at the trial of Jesus. Pilate didn't even know he was doing it. when he washed his hands he thought he was getting out of Jesus <laughs> you can't get out of Jesus you're going to have to deal with Jesus if he came out of the tomb on the third day then he's the Lord come on you got to deal with that when Pilate washed his hands the Bible says he delivered Jesus to their will. And I, under the authority of God's word, in my human frailty, am attempting to deliver Jesus to your will. The word of God <clears throat> place and expectation listen to James 1.22 James 1.22 don't just listen to God's word you must do what it says otherwise you're just fooling yourself if you listen to the word and don't obey it's like looking at yourself in a mirror Can I make that real plain? Who would look in a mirror and see a big hunk of chocolate cake on their cheek and just walk away? Wow. Nice. Now, when you see yourself and it exposes you, 
just read that? I got to do something about that. It puts an expectation. Verse 23. For if you listen to the word and don't obey, it's like glancing at your face in the mirror. You see yourself and walk away and forget what you look like. But if you look carefully into the perfect law that sets you free, and if you do what it says and don't forget what you heard, then you will have the blessing of God. Aren't you glad you obeyed? Come on. Are you glad you obeyed? You obeyed the word. You are here today because somebody increased the word in your life. I'm here today because somebody increased the word. And I thank God for the power. I want you right now to thank God for your teacher, whoever your teacher was. Whoever it was that brought you that message, would you just lift your hands and thank God? Whoever helped you to take another step, whoever spoke the word and encouraged you to obey it, come on, lift your hands right now and thank God you heard it. You heard the word. Oh, yes. Come on. The word is increasing in this house right now. Come on, the word is increasing. In this house right now. Somebody say yes. Somebody obey. Come on, let's let the Holy Spirit. Come on, let the Holy Spirit wash over you. Let the Holy Spirit move on you right now. Come on, what, what's next for you? What is God calling you to do? What do you need to obey? Let it increase in you right now. Come on, that's it. Let the word increase. Come on. Come on, obey the Lord. Obey the word. Obey the word. Take the next step. Say yes. Jesus. Just move right now, Lord. Ha. Ha. Come on, somebody start quoting. Quote the word. Speak the word. Speak the word. Speak the word. Hallelujah. 
Hallelujah. Come on, somebody come under the word right now. Yeah. I know where you are. I can find you anywhere. You cannot run from me. I will track you down like a hound from heaven, says the Lord. I have your scent. You've tried to run, but run no further. My word has found you. My word has confronted you. My word will now save you when you obey my word, says the Lord. conference this week and every year she goes to a church in Illinois for a conference and there was a 20 something young lady who would come every year and she was baptized and filled with the Holy Ghost but she got discouraged they lost track of her when Flo was there Recently, she asked about the young lady. They said she's moved to California. And Sister Shaw declared and said, I'm going to San Diego in a few days. I'm going to find her. California's a pretty big state. She checks in to the hotel. She's going out to someone's coming to pick her up. Little does she know this 20-something girl from Illinois has checked in to the same hotel. (laughs) And her name's Nicole. And she's sitting in a chair in the hotel. And she said, The Lord told her, get up and look out the window. And she looks out the window in time to see Flo Shaw walking by. Don't tell me God doesn't know where you are. Don't tell me God can't track you down. This kingdom is powerful. This kingdom is powerful. 
It can find the Ethiopian eunuch out in a desert. It can find Cornelius way up in Caesarea. Hallelujah. It can find the Ephesian elders when Paul gets there. I want you to know, amen, when the word of God increases, something will happen. something in the atmosphere there's something in the atmosphere here right now let's just reach up and get it come on just reach up and pull it down reach up for it reach up for it come on come on send the word to your children send the word to your son your daughter It won't come back empty. It won't come back void. Send it out. Send out the word. Somebody needs to obey the word right now. say gladly receive it's all about the word some of us are educated beyond our level of obedience to the word don't ever let that be said of you whenever the word speaks obey it obey the word Don't leave something dangling out there. I sent about 12 scriptures via text to someone about five weeks ago about baptism. I haven't received a response yet. I don't understand that. At least say, You're full of it. At least say, I don't need that. But when a pastor, a man of God, takes the time to send out the word, I would never do that. If somebody has a word for me, I want that word. And I'll tell you something else. I can go a long time on one word from God. Just one word. I don't need a boatload. I just just give me one word and I'm all in. stairs Michaela was leaving to come to church she said dad I got an amazing story I haven't even heard it yet but I guarantee you that this is Kelly and the word of God has done something in Kelly's life let's pray a blessing on her right now Lord thank you for bringing Kelly Come on, all the angels are rejoicing. The angels can't even do this. 
Angels don't get to do this. God didn't send angels to do this. Thank you for Kelly, Lord. We bring a blessing on her. In the name of Jesus. Praise God. Kelly, we apologize. But we're so excited about your faith. Kelly, would you just lift your hand like this and repeat after me and say, I call on the Lord Jesus to wash away my sins. Now grab your nose and your wrist like this. Kelly, because you confess Jesus Christ as the only Savior, we now baptize you in the name of Jesus Christ for the remission of your sins and he will baptize you in the Holy Spirit. Follow us on Facebook, Instagram, and YouTube at The Life Church KC. Reference the episode notes for more details.